0: Welcome to the SEM podcast. We've got our guest today is Cameron Loganberg, all the way from the UK. And I've got my co-host back again with me, Zach Hewlett. This is Jack Bryce. So we're we're glad to have you with us, man. You've been mentioned on several podcasts. I don't know if you've listened, but there's been several callouts. There's been the a famous, of call-outs, yeah. <laughs> the famous Logie Bear and, and other such names
1: right <laughs> yeah yeah logie bear is one of the names yes yeah and so it's all
0: it's all false None of it's true <laughs> <laughs> well you you tell your version of the truth today that's what we're here
1: for <laughs> <laughs> my version so, of the truth might differ from everyone else no i'm joking <laughs>
0: it's all good all good yeah i had the privilege of serving around you and yeah. zach was in the mtc with you and um, we searched
2: around each other a little bit too. Yep.
1: Yeah. Don't so cool. wasn't it? You were in. I um, want Montrose. Was it? What was the unit yeah. you were in?
2: I was the district leader in Hamilton when you were. Cow, what what area were you in? I can't remember. But somewhere in that area, yeah. when you were adjacent to Motherwell, and uh, I can't remember what area you're in. You'll probably remember uh, as brother Glenn.
1: Yeah, Brother, Glenn. Yeah, brother Glenn. Glenn. We'll There you go.
2: All right. Yep. Now what All part right. of the UK are you living in now?
1: So I'm currently in Northern Ireland in a, okay. a little
2: village called
1: Groomsport, right on the coast. Um You said Grimsport?
2: Groomsport. Grooms, okay. Yeah. Interesting. What it's took you to a Northern Ireland? And my wife's from my wife's from the next village over.
1: Okay. So it was always inevitable <laughs> it was inevitable we'd end up here sometime. <laughs> um, Ironically, Me- she didn't want to move back, but I did.
2: Um, okay. Did so. you guys were in South Africa for a while?
1: We were in Cape Town for a few years. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Um,
2: so,
0: uh, good. Zach's jumping the gun here. Sorry, he I yeah.
2: You know, no, we- you got to keep track of Logie Bear, man. He's he's a world traveler. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll hear the, you
0: can regale us with all of that here here today that's right so start us off though with how you ended up in scotland
1: okay so i
0: was
1: i was in so i spent most of my life growing up in manchester i moved down to london when i was 18 i think um and i was at that time i was kind of less active i wasn't fully active i was um Nothing nothing bad, but just wasn't really active. And I moved down to London and I realized after about six months that my so called friends in Manchester they were no longer really my friends. Um, and so then I decided, and my brother who I was living with said, well, Why don't you go to the YSA ward? So I went to YSA and I met Aldo um, Asariadu's sister. And then she just dragged me by the ear to YSA each week. Um, <laughs> so a couple, a couple of years later, Couple years later put my papers in um so yeah some papers went in I was actually in the Kent stake and uh, in, in the Maidstone stake in a place called um Chatham in Kent and my mission call was actually I'm jumping the gun so I then I was working in London living with my brother in Kent um I came home one night and I walked into the house and he was sat there on the sofa, and he he had the, the day off that day. So he'd spent the whole day at the house staring at this mission paper. <laughs> so I uh, – it was just me and him. So my, my family were all over Manchester. So I opened up the papers there, and it said, you have been called to serve in the England Manchester mission. Called home. Called home. So I'd left Manchester two years before and I'm sat there going, that's different. I was a bit confused, but I just went, fair enough. At least I'll know some people. At least I know what I need <laughs> to avoid. Um I said, as long as I don't have to knock on doors of any friends from school or anything like that, or ex-girlfriends. I said, I'm not I'm not, I'm not too bothered. Um and then that night, I phoned my mother, who was actually at a state council meeting in Manchester State. Um, so my brother message her and said, listen, he's got his papers. She was at the meeting. She was expecting a call. She stepped out for my phone call. And she walked in. She was furious. <laughs> she, walked, she walked back into the state council meeting. And the, the mission president was actually in the ward of my parents. And the mission office was on the home and, and the same road as my home. Growing up, so uh, oh he said. He looked to my mum and went, "Don't worry, I've already spoken to the first presidency." Um, so that was it. And then a couple of months later, um, that was about October time, I think it was. About a month or so later, I got a letter from Scotland Edinburgh saying you've been reassigned to us. Um, and then I had to phone up. I think I spoke to Elder Pollen actually when he was in the office. Um, but my brother had served in Scotland a few years prior to that, so I was happy enough. It was an adventure. I would have loved to have gone somewhere hot and exotic, but um, Scotland got hot two days a day, year, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we had some sun sometimes. Definitely some <laughs> exotic things. Yeah. I think I remember getting a suntan for two days. Um, <laughs> But no, all good. So I was was actually at a a dance stand in London on New Year's Eve. Um, So obviously 31st of December. And we were reporting on the 5th of January. I went with Hewlett. Um, And then so I was, um, the girl I was dating at the time, she was chatting to some people. And some people that she knew, you, Elder Cotton Betteridge, and then also uh, David Pilkington as well, Elder Pilkington. Mm-hmm. So the three of us were just chatting. And I think Ashley Devine was there. I don't know if he was there or not. And I think Brian Barber might have been in there also. But so it was good fun. We met each other before we went to the MCC. Yeah.
2: You met all Absolutely. of them because that, that was like our entire group going to Scotland, right? Yeah, there was was the eight of us going up, or six. Yeah, yeah, because me, Streeter, and Fisher were the Americans, and then the rest of you were from England.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of them were there. They'll have to. I know you've seen Barbara. I know you've done Divine. We'll have to check. We'll have to message you other. But I'm pretty sure. I know Cotton Battles was there. I know Pilkington was there. Um, So we we chatted. Um, And and we talked about Scotland and talked about the hopes and dreams. And at one point, you know, other people were talking about how they got somewhere exotic. Um, (laughs) But do you know what? It's, It's... that's called to serve and you just,
0: just get on with it there you go Yeah, it was it was pointed out actually uh, in our state conference recently uh, there was a sister missionary who was reassigned partway through her mission to be a service missionary and she said the call reads you're called to be a missionary but you're assigned to serve in a specific area I yeah Bednar did the talk Alder Bednar did the talk as well didn't he you? about you call called to serve yeah. and it's
1: just that's so your location yeah um, right And wasn't that a year before COVID as well?
2: Because there
1: was a lot of reassignments during COVID, wasn't
2: there? Oh, all lot. That. Yeah, so. that's true A lot of stuff changed as a result of that Yep. Yeah, so that was me And then I reported
1: to duty on the What day of the week was it, if you look, remember?
2: Was that Monday, uh, Tuesday? It was a. I think it was a Wednesday Because I flew out on a Tuesday I got set it's apart time. on Monday. Flew out on Tuesday, the fourth, and got there on the, uh, Wednesday, the fifth. Yeah.
1: And it was a small group, was it? Because we only had a few bedrooms, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you remember, I think there were what four, three, or f- maybe two or three sisters, like companionships at most. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: And they had, you know, how they had the dividing curtain. We were on like the far end of our the staircase. If you remember that. Yeah. Like we had to walk past the the echo chamber, perfect acoustics, you know, that went down to the main area all the way to the other end to go down the stairs and then to come to class and, and food and things. But uh, I, I thought that was kind of strange. Like, why didn't we just have bedrooms towards the stairs as opposed to being on the other side? But I don't, I don't know. It was where we but were told they, to be. Didn't they put us closer to the sisters as well? Yeah, exactly. We that's like, what I'm saying.
1: We were here. The door was there. The sisters on the other side. Right. So it was just it was just chatting through the doors.
2: Right. Well, that's. I mean, if you listen to Divine's, I I locked yes. him out of our of our <laughs> our, our bunk that night because I was like, "Come on, Elder, it's time for bed." And he was like, basically waving me off, and I said, "Nope. All right, goodbye." <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> I need my but, sleep. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't about to wait up for him. No way. Yeah.
0: So we'll, we'll skip over the mission and, uh, tell us what you've been up to since you got home. Nearly So 16 years now,
1: it's not that long. <laughs> it's not that long. I still look like a spring chicken. Surely. <laughs> of course you look the same. Yeah. Slightly less hair. Just migrate yourself. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so I returned home. I then actually went to university for a while because um, I think you might remember he looked. I'd talked about becoming a plumber after a mission. Yeah. And then one of my companions did my little van design and everything. Logie Bear Plumbing. It was it <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> held a belt and, um, it was it was just funny. I think he had some fun on a, a P day one morning just just doodling um so I came home went to went to university uh did an access course because I hadn't done A-levels here um so i had done an access course passive flying colors you know as a missionary you can one of the one of the modules we had to do was do a presentation and I just I just winged it the night before I put together this piece <laughs> and I just <laughs> stuck there and, you know arrogantly put together this presentation and it was it was easy really it was we've done worse as missionaries Right, um, yeah, and so past, I got onto the course, um, and then about six, seven months in, this wasn't wasn't for me. University wasn't the life that President Greens and President Fredericks have said that you was going to be. Um, and at the time I'd been uh, recently married so I met my wife about uh, four weeks after I got home. Wow. it might been might have been sooner than that, so i was I came home. She was my sister's friend in the YSA. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, so my wife was saying to my sister that there's no good men. And there still obviously isn't any good men. But there's no good good men. And my sister said, well, my my brother comes home in a couple of months. You can have him. And then I'd come home and I was teaching a couple of the classes at institutes. And she'd gone home she'll kill me for telling this. She'd gone home and told mom, there's a guy that's just got home. I think I'm going to go on a few dates with him. Um, so she she ensnared me. Um, and that's that was it. why
0: you were fresh.
1: She got me while I was fresh, yep. We uh, dated for a few months. Um, so that was February, March. She better not watch this. I'll be in February, and March, and then a couple of months later, we got engaged, um, and I had to come over to Northern Ireland to ask her dad for permission. Um, well, <laughs> I asked her. How was that? That was fine. <laughs> that was all right. So I we weren't. So it was after Easter, so I'd come over for Easter break, and heard dad. The first thing he said to me was, in his broadest Northern Irish accent, "Where you at?" and I'm like imagine being back in Scotland again your first week and you're thinking who is this Ken and how does everyone know him yeah and I'm like I'm in the kitchen where are you and he goes no where you at where you're at with life and I'm like well <laughs> I haven't a clue <laughs> and then the next day I hadn't I didn't have any clue who any of these people were the next day um we were just having a kind of a chat with my now mother-in-law and she was in bed with my wife, and they were just, you know, they had been chatting for a few hours. And um, and I just walked in, started tickling my mother-in-law's feet because that's what you do when you're stupid and young. Start to tickle the feet, and I hadn't hadn't the clue that she absolutely detested people touching her feet. <laughs> <laughs> so my first impression to my in-laws were, "Who is this idiot, and get rid of him?"
2: <laughs> oh, it's too funny.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that was how I met the in-laws. Um, my mother-in-law still holds it against me. <laughs> um, so then we we lived in a, a town called Macclesfield, just south of Manchester. Um, we had all three children there. I, so I finished university. Um, well, I left university and then did my plumbing that I was going to do. And then set up a business, um, made some good money, did all right for ourselves. We didn't struggle. And then one day I decided we are going to sell up and move to Cape Town. So that was after 10 years. Um, and so we'd honeymooned in um, the, the little village, well, town called Fishhook in Cape Town. Um, and I'd always wanted to go back. And it just felt like home to me. Hmm. Being... Being from South Africa originally, being born there and left, I left when I was three. It was always somewhere I would wanted to live, and I finally, finally got my way with the wife, and we moved. So we sold everything: sold the house, sold out, sold, sold beds, TVs, everything. Moved to Cape Town, and that was a tough, tough two years. Um, I was going out to a job that didn't materialise. And I'm sat there as a, as a husband provider thinking, I have failed. What have I done? Um, but then a couple of months later, I had experience of taking a few guys to the temple for the first time. It was just amazing. Um, so that was, you know, it was a couple of months after that we got the answer as to why we were there. And it was for a few people. But it was really difficult. I mean, now there were days when I would feel like I was just an absolute failure. I felt like, what on earth have I done? We had a decent life. We had good friends in Manchester. and We sold everything and just left. Um, But it was good. I miss it every day. It's a glorious country. Everyone should visit. Um, And then I was actually driving to a job site one day. set up a business again when I was in Cape Town. When I realised the job wasn't going to materialise, I set up a business again. Uh, again in construction and then i was driving to a site one day this was a couple of months after my mom had passed and i just got this answer this this overwhelming feeling that it's time to move to, Cape, to, to northern ireland and i had never ever wanted to move to northern ireland it is it is not a place i ever thought of living it was um i didn't want to be too close to the in-laws the whole family, the in-laws, lived within a radius. You know, one brother-in-law lives about 100 metres from my mother-in-law. The other sister-in-law at the time lived another couple of hundred metres away. They were all very, very close. And brilliant family. I love them dearly. But I was just, I didn't want to be in that bubble. So I messaged my wife and just said, I think it's time for us to move. And she said, I don't want to. You know, this isn't right for me. And, um, excuse me, we then fasted and prayed and we got got the answer that it's time to move to Northern Ireland. And so we moved back here in March 2019. And then the year later, obviously, COVID hit. And had we been in Cape Town when COVID was there, we'd have been scuppered. I mean, we would have lost everything. So... Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, very fortunate. Landed a job here. Um, I was going to set up my own business again, construction. Um, But the state president has a company. He and his brother phoned me up when they knew I was moving over. It's a small, small stake. So everyone knows everyone. He phoned me up and said, would you like a job? And I was project manager there. I was there for about 18 months. And then I moved to contracts manager at the current place. So I've been there two years and I'm leaving there in a month. So I'm going to be technical director and that's designing, plumbing stuff. So back into what I love. and um, doing lots of drawings. Good for you. That's <laughs> great. So yeah, oh good to love it. You know, very blessed. We live a two minute walk from the beach. Um go for a dip, for Christmas Day, New Year's Day. Crazy people. Oh man. Polar <laughs> plunge. Yes, definitely a polar plums. It's freezing here. And
0: what ages are your kids now?
1: So I've got three. I've got an 11-year-old who turns 12 in two weeks. A 10-year-old, he turns 11 in a month and two weeks. That was an unexpected surprise. And then i got an 8-year-old. Um, so Rosalie, she's the 11-year-old. Ruan, he is the 10-year-old. And Ezekiel, he's the 8-year-old three crazies drives me crazy every day love them daily Um you know what it's like Yep. my yeah, three are about the same well. ages that's fun and how's how's yours finding young women's young men's
2: uh is your my, album started? my my daughter is just turned eight so she's yeah. you know kind of the thick of she just got baptized the beginning of September and just trying to figure out where she fits at this point in time, but she'll get there. Yeah. Ezekiel's the same. He was
0: June baptized as well. Yeah. My oldest will be in young women's in January. It's like terrifying oh. me. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe My middle time. one moves up in January too,
1: and he is, he's just bouncing to get in. Cannot wait. Oh, oh, I remember those
2: talk. I remember those days in primary where you're just like, get me out of like the little kid club, right? Help let me graduate to the big kids. And I'm sure it's nicer now because they can go yeah. when they're eleven to turn twelve. For me, my birthday's in November. And so I had like that whole eleven and my birthday's the end of November. So I basically had twelve months or eleven months of primary torture before i turned 12 i was like give me out so yeah i can understand where he's at
1: yeah he loves primary but he just just cannot wait to be one of the big kids he started scouts he started scouts last week he moved up from cubs went to scouts last week and he's like Dad, one of the kids has got a moustache. <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> and so he's just like, and I beat them at dodgeball. I'm thinking maybe they'll let you one son. But uh, but no, he's just, he's loving it. My daughter, who's in your wins, um, she's the only young woman. Um, so that's tough for her. But uh, it's good because she can invite school friends. Uh, but yeah, the kids are great. My wife's great. My wife's a primary school teacher. Um, and then kids are just just started high school, the first one. The next one starts high school next year.
0: Wow. And the other one joins the circus in a few months' time, hopefully. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's really good. All right. So let's go back to the mission now. You can start in the MTC with your experience there, and we'll just keep progressing. Yeah. So MTC,
1: you'll have to remind me. Was my companion's name in Elder Houston?
2: That sounds right. Is Elder Houston, me... was he from Nevada? Uh, maybe. I don't remember where he was from, but I think you're right. I think the name is correct. Because he went somewhere in England, right? Yeah, he went to Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah. So he went to Manchester, so he was my companion. Um,
1: so here's me. I was 20, 20 years old. I was... No wiser than anyone else, but I was 20 years old, nearly 21. Um, and I was just like, this is weird. I never forget we were, you know, jackets on to pray, jackets back on to pray yeah, every single time. And then I think it's Elder, was it Elder Keir, One of the teachers, brother Keir, taught, you know, he laughed and said, Well, the Lord doesn't answer your prayers unless you've got your blazer on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he was yeah. joking. He was just, you know, sarcastically saying. But uh yeah, so that was NTC was an experience. I mean, I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed the first week and then it got a little bit tiresome. Do you remember one night, like, Hewlett, when we all went downstairs to the kitchen? Mm-hmm. And we went in and we snuck into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Snuck oh into the kitchen. God. I
1: found the freezer and found the ice cream. So that was me <laughs> sorted.
2: <laughs> I was too worried about getting in trouble that I didn't take anything. I remember that. That's too funny. I think we went down it's... into the basement too, right?
1: Yes. Well, the basement was the kitchen, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I guess you're right. But the there was like the main, the main level
1: was the main teaching level. Mm-hmm. That was ground floor, if you like. The first floor was the bedrooms. Right. And then it was down the basement. Which opened up to the pond, wasn't it? Which was the kitchen cafeteria.
2: Yeah, but I remember that night we we kind of went exploring, and found out that there were like additional classrooms in the basement, like on the other end of the building. Do you remember that? I do not remember that. There, there are because, classrooms
0: down there. My because, group was huge, and we used those classrooms.
2: And the the reason why is because um, if you remember, in on the back of the clocks in the MTC, we were, Mm -hmm. we would flip them over in the bedrooms and they had like missionaries who'd written their names on the back of the clocks. And we were absolutely determined to find a clock that had no other writing on it. And so we went down and found one in one of the classrooms in the basement so we could all write our names on it. And then we hung it back up. I think the next day or something, I don't remember, but that was, I remember that the, little journey that we went on i forgot you went into the the kitchen and got ice cream though that was too funny
1: yeah i got ice cream i think the other guys we get guys and girls were getting toast um a proper proper feast we were oh my
2: gosh (laughs) we did not um... we did not eat poorly that's for sure i mean divine said that about about me but my biggest thing is i'm a big cereal guy and i remember the first thing that i went to is a cereal and it was like muesli and I was like what the heck muesli, is this yeah. it was a muesli I was like what is this I, can't, I can't. it was just so like bland and dry and I was just like I gotta eat something else so I think that's why I ate so many pieces of toast
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was that catering toast, wasn't it you put it in and it kind of went around the conveyor belt oh yeah it came out and it was never perfect but if you put it in for a second time it would burn you had to <laughs> catch it before it would get around the other side <laughs> No, <laughs> that's right. You know, the, the MTC was great. I actually, I mean, the first first weekend, but I loved it. Got tiresome. I always thought, actually, actually, a couple of months into the mission, I thought the MTC should be, you know, a week and a half, two weeks of the MTC out to the mission field, and then you realize how little you actually know and how much you need to pay more attention to the MTC, and back to the MTC for a week, and that's <laughs> the way the MTC should be. <laughs> MTC two weeks, mission for three weeks, back to the MTC, and then back out to field. Um, that's my yep. thoughts anyway. Maybe what President is- Nelson, next conference will change.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the travel costs would go through the yes. roof. For that. My goodness. Yeah, my favorite part about the MTC was just being in such close proximity that we got to go to the Temple. I think we went three times, yeah. right? And um, I mean for me like thinking about how much time we had between then and the likelihood of not going to the temple for two years was kind of daunting and so those three sessions that we went through were just they were definitely special
1: yeah it was um it was a nice experience and there was a couple of was there some swiss or german elders
2: Mm -hmm. they had to have
1: the they had to have the translations which i'd never seen those things rise up for the tvs pop out (laughs) that's right what's this <laughs> this, is, this is for special guys. This is guys who are really righteous. This is their calling election, made show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. No, the MTC was a great experience. I thought um, we had some good teachers. We had Brother McGuinness, um, Brother Smith, Brother Kia, Sister Nan McClure. Um, mm. Yeah, we had some great teachers. And yeah. I never forget singing. Do you remember? Um, we sang for the mission present. Were they not leaving uh, the MTC presence? Uh, we
2: I don't think they, I don't remember what the occasion was, but I do remember singing.
1: Because one of the sister missionaries who went to Manchester, she arranged it, didn't she? I think it was her and yourself and Elder Pilpington arranged the singing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I remember that. It was just,
1: just great fun. It um, was. So yeah, it was. It was a good experience. I enjoyed going to play chair football. I'm um,
2: right. <laughs> trying to play basketball. Yeah. And then, uh, and then volleyball when Divine killed himself. Yes. I love volleyball. It was great. The
1: MCC was a good experience. Agree. Um, and it brings back memories because obviously I go to Temple here in Preston and I take the kids and I'm like, that was one of my classrooms, and my bedroom was up there, and so the kids get to experience it, and hopefully they'll get to go to Provo MTC because that yeah. means somewhere exotic. <laughs> but if they go to the Preston MTC, then fair enough. Yeah, for fair
0: sure. Um,
1: and then we did the the train drive, the train ride up to Scotland, didn't we?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we all had good intentions of converting someone on that train ride. <laughs> we were gonna, someone was gonna join the church because we were gonna talk to them. I'll never forget, we got on the train, a couple of us made a beeline for people that had a seat next to them, and they just got up and walked away. <laughs> so, I remember that, gosh.
0: That was the army. Right away.
1: Yeah, yep. they just saw the badges and it's like, oh, not these guys again. <laughs> <sighs>
2: Here we go. Is it, is it really Wednesday again, and they're sending another yeah. lot up to Scotland?
1: <laughs> <laughs> these guys look awfully green, don't they? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's when it's coming south, when it's going going home, it's like, oh, these guys don't care. We can sit next to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, Goodness. Yeah, so we went obviously up to the up to Edinburgh, Wavel- Everton Waverley, and then we got picked up by the Mission Presidents and the Assistants and the Office Elders and uh, went and met our companions, didn't we? I got... I got lumbered with Elder Bredlow. No, not lumbered. He was a good guy. With German. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it was Elder Divine or Elder um, Barbara that said you get pointed out with someone that you actually look like, don't you? So Elder <laughs> Bredlow and I were two old guys. He was grey. I was balding. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a natural fit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'll never really. forget in the um in the ride up to we went tracting that first night, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, they don't call it tracting or chapping anymore in Scotland, they call it harvesting. Oh really? They call it harvesting, harvesting. you're not allowed to call it tracting or chapping, you get told off by the mission Present if you call it. <laughs> it's hard because chapping and tracting aren't in the scriptures, elders. <laughs> I guess so, you're right um, So we went we were in the minibus and the assistants were there so Kofi to do who was going home that next day um, so I said "Oh, he his sister had written to him and said right look out for this guy you know try and drown him or push him off Pratt's Hill if he gets the chance yeah. um, <laughs> and then so he and I were talking and then we were talking about who we knew because obviously in England and I said oh no sister McLean he's like oh yeah sister McLean and I'm like yeah I a dated systemically before. <laughs> so then they were trying to find out what happened, but she was she was a powerhouse. Yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. Um and then just it was great fun. Just never forget, just knocking on that door. I was with a missionary. I think I was with Elder Clawson Okay. Um and it, there was a group of us because we weren't with our companions yet, were we? No, not yet. And I think I was with the other course, and I think he had a golf ball and he was just trying to, trying to show us how cool. This is This is how you chat properly. You have a golf ball, you save your knuckles and you just chap on the door. Um, so that was a great experience. And then up to Pratt's Hill. Um, and I think it was you and me that um, carried Ashley Divine down the hill, did
2: we not? Between the two of us. Yeah.
1: Um, but that was an experience.
2: It was so dark. That's one one oh. of my memories because, you know, it's the end of January and we went up in the evening and we hiked that thing like at dusk. And then on mm. the way down it was pitch dark. Like I could barely see anything in front of me. That was my memory of the first time that we went up Pratt's Hill.
1: But there was there was no torches were there? No. No, no one on came torch. prepared. It, <laughs> it was, was just I mean, the missionaries have been doing this for years, and no one thought to bring head torches or anything.
2: No. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, it, it was a good experience. I remember it being bitterly cold. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I remember really enjoying it and, and you know, setting myself out that this was the this was start of a good couple of years. Um, then we went back to the B&B, didn't we? hmm Had a, a last night of freedom, a last hurrah before we. the next morning we got our companions and we... I just knew it was going to be Elder Bredlow. I walked in and I'm like, that's him. That's my <laughs> companion. Uh, and then we got, we got sent up to Dunfermline, um, which was a brilliant area. The, um, a member of the bishopric in Dunfermline had previously lived in my basement. So I enlisted him. Do you remember um, him? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I, the first night we got there, Elder Rasmussen and Elder Conway took us to a ward council. Um so he walked in and he looked at me and he went, I'm phoning your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so he got on the phone to a mum and said, listen, I'm going to look after him for you. Um, um, so that was, that was an interesting experience. Wow.
2: I love the listings.
1: They're great people. Yeah. So it was three months, three months with Elder Bredlow there. We had, I think it was about four or five weeks with Elder Rasmussen and Elder Conweasel in the same apartment and then we got the flat above
2: <laughs> there it is we we yeah. talked to, we talked to rasmussen on um on sunday night and he was like i'm trying to remember how i got my razzle, <laughs> yeah, razzle dazzle. My, my razzle dazzle nickname and con weasel and i was like i i forgot that you had served with breadlow there so there's the answer right there that's yeah fun. it was i
1: think it was elder <laughs> breadlow that came up with the names and it was just was it we yeah, I, th- I think it was him that came up with the names. Jerome <laughs> oh, Elder man. Rasmussen. Oh, his, yeah. um, um, what was it, a pterodactyl he used to do an impression of.
2: <laughs> Jeez Louise, I completely forgot about that. He used to do an oh, impression God. of a pterodactyl that would have you rolling
1: about the floor. <laughs> and I just remember, please, please do the pterodactyl. Please, please. Or he'd do an absolutely stellar impression of sister rings and it, it was just it was perfect absolutely all he needed was a wig and a piggy nose and he was sorted and he was so funny such a lovely guy the pair of them oh, were yeah. absolutely amazing
2: yes so we 100%. had um,
1: and that's when we played the prank on them so i had convinced Conweasel that the reason i'd come out when i was later was because i'd been in trouble with the police. And I used to I used to boost cars. <laughs> so me and me and Elder Bredlow convinced Conway that yeah, Cam, you know Elder Loganberg had done this, and you know that's why he's late here. And... so that's how we managed to to save the key for the flat. And so we snuck in one night. Elder Bredlow was in the cupboard in the bedroom where the fuse box was. I was under Rasmussen's bed. They got themselves into bed. Bredlow starts doing stupid noises, like scratching noises, and that. And I've never seen. <laughs> the, the funny thing was when I put my hand out from under the bed and grabbed their ankles, it wasn't Conway that jumped into Rasmussen's arms, it was Rasmussen that jumped into Conway's arms. <laughs> so you've got the short guy and the tall guy, and the tall guy jumps into the short
0: guy's arms. It was so funny. <laughs> oh my word.
2: Oh, that's stupid.
1: I'd, I'd completely forgotten about them and. Playing the trick with the um, chocolate laxatives—that was hilarious. <laughs> but I was so so in. We got our apartments, and then we were playing basketball one Saturday with um, Hudsons. Yeah, Dom, Tim um, and Dom. Tim and Dom. Yeah. Yep. And then there was uh, Con Reesel, Rasmussen, myself, and Bredlow. Um, and I broke my elbow. Serious? So I, I, typical, you know, UK missionary. Hadn't called how to play basketball, but I jumped up to try and steal a ball from Elder Rasmussen and he just picked it out of my hands, and I came flying backwards. I landed on my elbow, and I just said, "Elders, we need to go to hospital right now." Oh my gosh! So I and remember Bishop, what was his name? Lynch. Bishop Lynch. That's right. Yeah, because he yeah. was a physiotherapist, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. And so myself, uh, the four of us who were in the in the hospital. And he uh, he looked at us like, "What have you done?" And so he made sure we got seen. Um, I got an X-ray. Sure enough, it was broken. I got a cast put on it. It was my left arm. Um, so that was the Saturday. Got a cast on it. We went to church the next day. We went to the Listons for lunch that day. And then on the Sunday night, I asked for blessing from the missionary from the guys. Um, it was the Conway who gave me the blessing. And then the Monday, the hospital wanted to see me because because there was so much swelling, they wanted to make sure that the cast wasn't too loose now. And so the Monday, they took the cast off, and the swelling was completely gone. There was no bruising. So they decided to take an x-ray again. They took an x-ray, no break at all.
2: Oh, my gosh. I, I never heard that story. That's amazing. So, so you had you to... had an X ray that showed that your elbow was broken. Yep, and the, another one that showed it wasn't we a few days, days later. later yeah. yeah, wow, holy cow!
1: So <laughs> that was that was the first experience for me where I you know I knew that priesthood you know priesthood blessings and one I knew where they came from and two I knew that and ever since I know that if I'm if I'm worthy when I'm given a blessing or if if someone's giving me a blessing that I know that. Whatever said is always you know, going to happen. I will never forget actually, in how the and I would, uh, he used to love reading the almanac. I don't know if you remember that Hewlett? Mm-hmm, I do. He would sit and read the almanac for. It was it was boring. I mean, I don't know why anyone would study the almanac. The church <laughs> almanac is it's not even exciting. <laughs> There's not even any good statistics. So many blondes in the church, or whatever it is. It's not even good statistics. (laughs) Um, But we we'd gone out one day tracting, and we'd gone away we hadn't normally gone, and we'd walked past um one of the sisters in the ward's apartment, her and her husband, and she should normally be at work, and so we went. Let's go and knock on the door and see if everything's okay. Now she was married so there was nothing nothing like that but we knew something was up so we asked you know asked she said yeah come in come in and we, we chatted for probably 20 minutes and as we left we said would you like a blessing and um, we gave a blessing um, thought nothing of it as we walked out Elder Bradlow looked to me he went Elder Loganberg, you know you can get someone sent home for things like that that's what you mean? You can't tell sisters to have babies. You can't. You can't. And there was, and I remember writing in my journal, and, and to this day I've never forgotten the words. It's, there are spirit children in heaven waiting for bodies that you will bring. And she just floods of tears. And we walked away from that. It, it was weird. And I never looked at her normally again. But it was, it was unbelievable. It was just you know the spirit was so strong and it wasn't it wasn't us. It was that she had been you could see that she was she was suffering and she was struggling that I don't know the ins and outs of her story, but I'll never forget just that you know the floods of tears. Um, and I've I've had the opportunity to see her a few times at the temple but with that child, you know, and her husband, and it's just an amazing experience. That's one of the things that you don't get when you don't serve in an area close to home when you see people at the temple you see people that you served around and and, and served it's just a brilliant experience so yeah that was three months in Dunfermline um I don't know if you ever heard the jobby supper story did you
2: uh maybe but remind us yeah go ahead so I
1: I was green and I hadn't a clue what a jobby was and Elder Conway. Elder Rasmussen and Elder Bredlow had all convinced me that the jobby supper from this chip shop was the best thing in the world. So after football one night with the elders growing, <laughs> I said, don't worry, elders, I'll get us the jobby suppers. So we walked into this chippy in the rough part of Don And I'm like, can I get four jobby suppers, please? And she looks at me like, are you stupid? I'm like, I must be pronouncing this wrong. I must have said this wrong. So she said, so I just went going to get four Joby suppers <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I said it like that I t- just Conway was gone he was on the floor rolling and I was like I'm gonna get it, get it. <laughs> I am gonna murder you for this I was like right I'll have fish and chips and they can serve themselves <laughs> that was awful but it was I'm, I'm pretty
2: I'm pretty certain that Conway did the same thing to me when I got there, because that was when that happened in my mission. He's like, you got to get the jobby supper. I was like, okay, whatever. So mine wasn't nearly as dramatic as that. I was like, oh, okay, was I still it's tell
1: funny. my kids about it, and they laugh so much every time. Daddy, when the missionaries are here, Daddy, tell the jobby supper story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's brilliant. Uh, uh, so from there, I moved to, to Livingston. I was there for three months with Elder Nelson. Now, he was a powerhouse. Uh, he was just... And that was when you were in... Um, I was in Falkirk. Falkirk, that's right, because you were a dish leader in Falkirk, weren't you? Yeah. Um, it was brilliant. You know, did we bot heads? Oh, yes, we botted heads. And there was days when I'm sure he couldn't stand me and I couldn't stand him, but it was hard work. It was great fun. Um, three months, and then he what went was Elder Nelson's
2: first name, uh,
1: Matthew it? Nelson. Matthew, okay. Yeah, you'll have to get him on. He was absolutely fantastic. Okay, um, and then Elder Webb, obviously, he's been mentioned a number of times. He was the traveling AP at the time, um, and because Nelson had gone home, I think it was two weeks early, um, because of visa stuff, and his dad had come a week early as well to pick him up. So I held Elder Webb for two weeks. And he was just just absolutely brilliant. We would memorize, he gets the doors, and you remember the electrical box as you get to the kind of the tenement doors. And we would memorize the door, the numbers on those electric meters while we waited for people to come. And then, you know, a couple of couple of zone conferences later, he's like, what was the door at this? Who knows if you've got the right number, but it was just brilliant. He just <laughs> just work, work, work. It was great fun. Um but Elder Nelson, he, he had the ward whipped into shape. So we arrived and we were doing 18, 19 lessons with a member present every week. It was just, it was nothing to do with me at all. It was all his his effort and all the work that he put in. Um, I remember the APs had asked us, because we'd been going from appointment to appointment in the car, they'd asked us to speak to people when we were driving between appointments. and So he was the passenger. And so we pulled up next to this guy. And I think it was Bathgate. Pulled up next to this guy, and he had his elbow at the window, and he just pulled his hand out like that. And the guy thought he pulled a knife out or something, so the guy just ran. <laughs> <laughs> so we we called the APs and said maybe this isn't a good idea.
2: <laughs> he brandished was, like a t- a temple pass along card. Exactly
1: that. Yeah, But the guy. I mean. So what I think it was a rough area of Batgate And right. he just pulled his arm out right next to someone. And it was just, the more you think <laughs> about it, the more you just think, what, a bunch of idiots. Um, and then we had, I had Elder Ray, uh, Rayfield for three months because I was in Livingston for seven and a half. So Elder, mm-hmm. Alex Rayfield for three months. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and he was an, a really nice guy. He was just you know, good fun, uh, liked to laugh, and just got on with everyone. The ward loved him. He just just a really nice guy. Um, and then I had Elder Trent S. Clawson for my last six weeks in the area, <laughs> and I'll never forget him telling the story about shooting himself in the foot, but I'll leave
2: that to him. <laughs> I remember hearing that story. Goodness, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like it's just it's just
1: stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he yeah. told me that story, actually, because we were playing at a member's house with a toy gun. Um, and you know, Hugh, that the toy... Me and guns didn't do it too well on a mission, did it? No. <laughs> um, Goodness. I like, you don't point guns at people. Um, and then I just used to say to him, you don't point guns at your feet, do you? <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> but, no, he, was, he was a good guy. Um, so then I was replaced in Livingston. I moved up to Dundee. Um, I... Uh, trained Elder Bowton, Elder James Boulton from the south of England in Dundee for three months. And again, I never, Sister Vreen, she let slip who my companion was before anyone, because he was the only English missionary. And she was talking to all the, all the missionaries about getting the NHS, signing up with the doctors. And she went, Oh, Elder Loganberg, you don't need to worry about that. I'm like, thanks. Now I know who my companion is. <laughs> <laughs> the big reveal is spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, that was good fun, and so he was. Um, we shared a flat then with Elder Fisher, uh, Devin M M Fisher, and Elder Canucci, Jason Canucci.
0: Mm-hmm. They were
1: they were great fun. They really got on. You know, they had some brilliant success as well there. Um, just really nice guys, down to earth, no pretenses. Weren't bothered whether they were called to different leadership positions. They just, they're just there to get the work done. Um, we did, um, we played a prank on Elder Barton where we set up a load of Joseph Smith um, pictures and stuff. And me, Elder Canucci and Elder Fisher were pretending to pray to Eld- to Joseph Smith. Another balcon just walked down, and it was like, "You are just a bunch of idiots, and he didn't fall for it at all. It was just like <laughs> he just looked at us like, "Are you stupid? Do you think I was born yesterday <laughs> um, And then we did um what else did we do there? We did um we are playing a card game one night. It was a Christmas, uh, and we got permission to stay over there for flat and Elder but burped. And it was almost as if someone had just served a piece of feces up in front of you, if the smell was that bad, but three of us had to leave the flat. It was so bad. <laughs> it was awful. Um, and then and then a couple of days later, we were, the four of us came out of their flat because it was uh, Lyft Road. It was Lyft Road, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. Bingham Terrace is the one closest to the city centre. So it was Lyft Road. And there was a load of Neds that are thrown snowballs at us. And then so Elder Fisher turns around and starts, he and I just start lamping them with snowballs, absolutely smashing them at them. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you not know who this is? This is Eminem's cousin. <laughs> and they're like, huh? and then they're like, oh yeah. So he starts signing pass cards from Eminem with love. <laughs> <laughs> And they were just completely, completely but you know, full to thinking that he was Eminem's cousin. <laughs> Absolutely sold, hot line, and sinker. And every time he saw us, that's Eminem's cousin. That's Eminem's cousin. But uh, <laughs> that was a great time. Oh. And uh, so then we there for three months with Elder Balton. Then I had Elder Kawahami for six weeks. Because we did um, our year mark, didn't we, together?
2: Did we, we did it to your that's right,
1: and we, we burnt the shirts didn't we because of me fisher and you
2: uh-huh yeah we did it out uh, just on like the point um yeah. from our flat and our growth yep yeah i remember that <laughs> that was good fun and do you remember sure. doing
1: do you remember doing haircuts in the apartments and then my mum had sent me a care package and in it was a little shampoo and so you, I think you would cut my hair and we took all the hair cuttings and put it on my head. And we took a picture and sent it to my mother and said, the shampoo's <laughs> working. brilliantly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I completely forgot about that. That's too funny.
1: Oh so, my gosh. But I loved Dundee And there was one day there was elder Carahane, myself and Ben Keogh. Do you remember the other man that we took about oh, yeah. everywhere. He was an absolute, absolute champion. Yep. He really worked hard. And he was just preparing for his mission. And we were teaching this lady, and she was a very attractive young woman. And I mean, drop-dead gorgeous. Okay. So we had to make sure we had her with us. So we were in the department, um, and we're teaching. And I think Elder Carahani is saying something. I'm pretty sure it was Carahani. It was Elder Balton, And it was one of the two. And Ben elbows me, and he's like, look over there. And the room was quite dark, and I looked across, and there was pictures of her at work. And she was studying law at Dundee, and to fund the law degree, she was working as a pole dancer in the locals.
0: <laughs>
1: and so we're thinking, oh no. So we invited her to church, as you do. And as we walked out the apartment, he just said, what do we do if she recognises the bishop? <laughs> What what do we do if she recognises the state president? And obviously it wasn't going to happen because they were great guys, but it was just, it was just hilarious. So we, we spoke to her. She wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't keeping commitments. So we thought it best not to, Um, but that was brilliant. Oh my gosh. And so then I moved down to Edinburgh um, for six weeks with Elder Gregerson. Um, So we were, I think one of six or eight missionaries in the ward. Mm. And there was the first Sunday I was there. I was at the door with Elder Gregerson and I'm, you know, greeting members as they come in. And this old lady must've been in her seventies, eighties. And she looked at me and goes, Elder Loganberg, I've not seen you for years. I'm going, that would be my brother five years ago.
2: <laughs> Are you guys just spitting images of one another? We, we do look alike. Yeah. And you know, he's as bald as I am.
1: Um, He's he's a lot skinnier than I am now. I put on a few stone after a mission. Um, okay, but yeah, so it was just hilarious. But Elder, Elder Gregson, he he's a good Um uh, What was his name? I'm trying to remember. Eric Eric Gregson. He was a drummer as well, he's and he's now an airline pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really nice guy. I think he'd been trained by Elder Magna, and then Elder Megna had moved up, um, and so then I had him. For six weeks um which was great fun you know there was the office elders there was elder who's the canadian guy sprague no not Elder sprague it was after sprague canadian guy i remember he now has like a a ranch kind of lives off grid
2: oh is it mcleod
1: not McLeod, no. McLeod is an absolute legend. You need to get him on. He will. You'll just be rolling about laughing. I can't remember the guy. It's bad for me because I looked at his Facebook the other day. I was, you know, Facebook stalking people, as you did. Um, and there was just brilliant. I can't remember who, who else really, it was. I can see his face. And he was a convert to the church. And he and I, because I remember he and I were talking about, you know, patriarchal blessings, and he and I are both from the tribe of Benjamin. And he was like, "I've never met anyone else before." And so we, we were just chatting about that. But he was—he's a really nice guy, uh, really hard worker, just genuine guy. Um, so we'll figure it out. And he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, he'll kill me for not remembering his name. But he was a lovely guy. He was actually the zone leader as well when I was in Basgow uh, steak, with Elder Petty. Okay. Creighton Petty. So so mm-hmm. six weeks in in Edinburgh. That was a blast. Real great area. I love being around present Sister Vereins. Um, never forget we're playing basketball on the uh, at the mission home as the missionaries with the office elders and the APs and we're just playing around. And Sister Vereins picked up the ball. And she just walked past and just one-handed it over her head, and she wasn't even looking. One hand overhead, straight into the basket, and it must have been you know at least three points of that uh, distance, and straight into the basket, and she just you know just wiped her hands and walked away. She was brilliant, <laughs> just absolutely brilliant.
2: I'm sure and she then- was a, she was an incredible basketball player at one point in her life.
1: Yeah. I imagine she was very good because um, she was very
2: sporty, wasn't she? She did a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Didn't she compete for
1: a college team and stuff like that in different sports yeah. and basketball?
2: I don't remember. That's a good question. That's not something that I remember anyway. Um, but it's... no, she was great fun. And then Elder Lemon.
1: I'll have to get Elder Sister Lemon. I don't know if they're...
2: I got their phone number. It's someone I need to reach out to. Just do you remember that
1: he used to teach you in a way that you'd ask him a question, right? You'd ask him what you thought was deep doctrine or, you know, real kind of insightful stuff. And he would never just give you the answer, which was brilliant. He would just ask you a question. And I I try and do that with my kids now. And <laughs> If they ask me a question, I try and ask them a question back. And he would ask you a question. So so what do you think it could mean? And he would never let you, never give you the answer. He would never serve it up on a platter for you. But it always meant that you then went away learning more, you went away and gained more understanding. Mm-hmm. So then up to Aberdeen for six weeks with Elder Midgley. And he, Elder Martin, and Elder Nay. So the Elder Nay was with Elder Barber. Mm-hmm. No. Now, I think it was Elder Martin and Elder Barber together, and then Elder Martin moved. But they would play one punch. I don't know if I, any of you've, I've,
2: I've heard, heard of, of it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it was. Like just just the just one, one, one hit punch and one arm. Yeah, so you
1: get one hit, the other person gets one, and it's until somebody gives it up. And I they about. would constantly have black and blue arms. And I, I don't consider myself a wink, but I'm like, there's no chance I'm playing this because Elder Martin he and he and Elder Nay used to go at it big time. Well
2: um, Martin was Martin's built like a uh, rugby player. And Elder Nay's uh, a big guy too, right? So uh, Elder Nay was an absolute
1: yeah, you know, really tough one. and then Elder Mitchley he was a rugby league player, I think if I remember correctly. Yeah, I um, think you're right. But he was you know, he was a good guy, and he was going home then. Um, loved Aberdeen. My own fault I didn't spend any longer there, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, so then then there was a couple of weeks with Elder MacDonald, and uh, it was just be- brilliant area, lovely people. Mm-hmm. Just mental note to any kids don't get a good idea to go on a P day with other missionaries and you should be getting out the car. Cause like with Elder Nelson, it doesn't look very good optics. That's and right. you know, There was, there was four of us in that car. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that. Adam. I heard, there was of four heard in that car. Yeah. But listen, it was, it was our stupidity. And, and rightly so we got moved out, um, but blessings in disguise. Now, listen, it wasn't the Lord's planet that happened. That was our stupidity. But, but the Lord gives you second chances. So I then went down to Cathkin, which is the Rutherglen area, with Elder Daniel Maddock from down south. That's right. And he, he was exactly what I needed then. He was just – he'd been trained by Elder Pattendon, uh, Stuart Pattendon. Uh, just a really nice, really funny, great laugh. Um. So I was there with three months for him, just just shy a few months. And that's when the driving happened with Elder Clark. Now <laughs> I wasn't drifting. I don't have a clue how you drift. Elder Elder Midgley's brother actually did drift racing, I think if, if I remember correctly, his brother used to do drift racing, and I think he still does. He'll tell you. Um but I was we were going fast and it was wet. Um <laughs> And we'd driven through, it was after Zone Conference one night, and we're driving back, and we'd driven through um, Rutherglen. And there was a guy walking down the street, was absolutely, absolutely plastered drunk, couldn't walk straight line at all. And he had a pair of very, very, very white chinos on. So I'm driving, Elder Maddock, Elder Clark, and... It would have been Elder Hardy turn around and look at this guy and he's obviously soiled himself and it's basically brilliant white chinos and all the way down his back. So we then did a quick U-turn and just drove really slow to and it was just we laughed for weeks about that. It was oh it was (laughs) disgusting. It was disgusting.
2: I thought you were going to say you drove by and there was a puddle and you tried to help him wash off his pants or something. That's where I thought it was going. <laughs>
1: there, was, there was no help. <laughs> this was like there was nothing you could have done. Uh, the, the guy was, um, yeah. And then so that area was, it was a branch. There was six or seven people in that branch, and then we would have to speak. You know what it's like. You speak every other week. You say every other prayer. You, pray, you bless and prepare the sacrament every week. Um, and one of the best things about that area is we had to go and take the sacrament to a guy called Donald, who was in a care home every week. And it was we'd play chess with him every week. He was just a really, really nice guy. And the missionaries had been doing that for years, looking after this guy. Um, just a, a really, really nice area. In fact, we were at the temple in. April this year, for my daughter's first time. And the guy who was the branch president, Elder, uh, Brother Thompson, Carol and something Thompson, they had, they were at the temple too. And I'd gone in a lift coming down and gone out, and he'd gone in a lift going up, and I recognized him, I knew him straight away. So I then ran with my kids, ran up and down and around to try and find his room, and I couldn't find it. So then I went to the front desk and I said, Listen, is that a Brother Thompson from Glasgow? And the lady looks at me like, What are you doing? And then we spent some time with him, and it was just—he knew me, I knew him, and we just reminisced, and it was great. That's the benefit of serving so close to your home—you get to see people at the temple. And so I was with Elder Goodwin then for six weeks. I think he was trained by Elder Barber. Um, so I was with Elder Goodwin for six weeks in in the Cathkin Branch. Um, he was a, <laughs> again just a really funny. Really nice guy. Could make you laugh easily. Um, got on with everyone. And he and I went to get a haircut at a barber's one day on P-Day, and I walked in and said, how much is it? He said to Elder Goodwins, he said, for you it's £8, but for you it'll be £4. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you know you've not got much hair on your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's too funny. But... Uh, that was a great area it was really we my wife and i after we got married we went and visited the the branch and um everyone's like right we'd had sacrament my wife plays the piano so she played the piano um and then at the end of sacrament the branch president's wife um she came to us and said right i found a house it's just down the road um would you like to put an offer? <laughs> We're not moving here. <laughs> we are not moving to Karkin Ranch. Um, They're about to give you an assignment. Well, basically, yes. <laughs> if we'd stayed any longer, we wouldn't have been speaking for the next six weeks. There you go. It was, uh, but it was, that, I mean, that's again, that's the benefit of living so close. You get to go up and see people. Yeah. And sure. then move to, to, to Dumbarton Ward for three months with Elder Zacharias.
2: He was
1: six foot five, if I remember, or six foot six. Taller. He's not, he he wasn't
2: taller taller than that. that. Well, heck yeah, he was. I'm six five. He was probably, he had to be closer to six eleven. I mean, he was, he was way taller than me. Yes, he was. He used to have to duck through the doors and everything to, I remember seeing him at a couple of zone conferences. I was like, man, that's a big man. And I'm pretty sure he and I talked about him not fitting on the beds, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh no, he wouldn't turn the beds. No, he was, you know, he was over six lots of the beds. His feet were fully dangling over the edge. But I remember one day we were walking past Loch Lomond and the train station at Ballot there. And we turned the corner and we saw this guy who was he was a giant as well. And the two you could see the two of them had clocked each other and they were weighing up who was taller and then they kind of he was like, right, and you know i'm getting taller i'm gonna and this guy (laughs) was taller than him and we walked past he was like he was tall (laughs) it's funny he was he was used to his his line was i'm a a giant because it was something whatever it was to be a giant to be classed as a giant that was the height he was and it was bang on the inches mark
0: Hmm.
1: you sure it wasn't six five how you see you're six three are you
2: no, I'm six five. Jack's what six six? Yeah, and he was way taller than me. He must have been six nine then. He must have been six nine. I mean, somewhere in that in that arena, I remember he was. I, all I know is I felt small next to him, and that doesn't happen often.
1: Yeah, he was uh, really tall. Really, just wanted to work. Just, just a great guy. Um, listen, all companions. You know, it's like hindsight and roasting to glasses. We loved everyone, but when you were in the thick of it, when you were tired, when you were wet, when you were cold, and they were chewing funny, or they were jiggling their feet when you were trying to do your studies, or when they were snoring, or when they would just eat your food out the fridge, it, it was yeah. But he was a really. And you can see the genuine, I actually, so I was with Elder Goodwin at the time. Um, and I'd gone on exchanges with him, Elder Zacharias, and he was struggling. And so I called up President Frederickson and I said, listen, I'd like to serve with Elder, Elder Zacharias. And he's like, that's going to be your last moves and that's where you want to go. I'm like, listen this guy i want to serve with him i want to learn from him and i want to be you know this guy wants to work and not that anyone else didn't want to and not that elder goodwin didn't and it wasn't i was trying to get rid of him but i i just wanted to be with him and i you know will he thank me for that i don't know maybe but it was it was three it was three difficult months but three good months as well um christmas eve I got a call from the sister whose house we were going to for dinner the next day. And I said, so what are you up to? And so she was in her, I would say, late 50s, early 60s. And her son was up from London. Um, and he was a member as well. So her son was up from London. Uh, the next morning, Christmas morning, he was arriving. And she said, I'm just painting the house for my son coming, and a few guys coming for dinner. So this was Christmas Eve. This was about eight o'clock. In fact, no, it was later than that because we were home and we were it. So we we're at home. And I just said, Elder, I got changed. I said, Elder, hey, uh, get changed. We're going to go and paint. And uh, he's like, no, we're not going to. I said, listen, there is no way we are leaving this sister to paint. And we were there till 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock. Um, and she just did it. And this was a sister that was, and she didn't have much money. And let's be honest, the food wasn't going to be great. But she was given everything she had. So, what was a couple of hours? What Mm. was a couple of hours, eh? And um, then painted the whole living room on Christmas Eve. And uh, he sat down on the sofa the whole time. Now, I remember it this way. You may tell differently. He sat down on the sofa the whole time. And uh, she and I painted. And then we went home, um, but it was, it was a good time. Thoroughly loved it, but he was massive. I remember we had um, Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on our door. One morning we were doing companionship study. Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on the door. and We opened the door and we didn't have a badges on at this time. And we said, come in. And as they walked in, they were, they, you could see they were looking at us a bit funny, like something's a bit different here. And they could see you could see one of them was looking around the apartment, you know, going, This looks a bit odd. Cause we weren't gay, you know, it wasn't too, too you know, it wasn't a gay couple, it's not student town, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't students. And they're dressed in suits, so they've got ties on. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's not working from home time like it is in COVID. <laughs> and then you could just see, they could see the book copies of the book in one, and they could see the Joseph Smith restoration pamphlets and they could see everything. And they just started to slowly back out of the apartment. <laughs> and they couldn't get out of there fast enough. Didn't that happen
2: to you, you and I, who? Yeah, not not in our flat. No. But I do remember. Me and I do remember having a few conversations with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Always interesting conversations.
1: Yeah, and I think. look at it now as missionaries you've got you've got tunnel vision you've got you're there to do a job you're there Mm -hmm. to work you're there you're there to invite others to come into christ we all know that the the script you're there to do the work and it's not until you're older and you're you're serving in war councils and you're meeting with the missionaries and and you're discussing these things you're thinking there's a there's a nicer way to do things and um it doesn't have to be you know, cutthroats. Now, obviously, you don't want to waste time because the time is precious. You know, if there's mm-hmm. people that are ready to, to hear the gospel and people are, are ready to keep commitments, you're not going to spend months and months on them. But that doesn't mean they're cast-offs and that they shouldn't ever be looked at again. Um, It's, you know, nowadays, if I could go back and tell myself, you know, not just because they don't accept the gospel now, just because they don't keep this commitment right now doesn't mean that they're not they're not worth something. I, th- I think for me that's one of the biggest lessons is that a missionary is a mission is more for us and developing and preparing ourselves for fatherhood, preparing ourselves for future service in the church, preparing ourselves for work. Now, if you look at you know top companies in the US. And you look at how many on the boards of those companies and how many are CFOs and CEOs and all that sort of stuff who are members of the church who have been missionaries. And it'll surprise you the number of people that have been missionaries because of their work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a mission was, was great. I loved, I mean, I loved. There was days when I was homesick. There was days when I was tired. There was days when I was wet, cold, and miserable. You just couldn't get warm. But I'm... I couldn't have asked for a better place to serve. I was thinking about it the other day, you know, thinking about this, you know, saying about how I was called to Manchester first. I think of some of the areas I could have served in in Manchester in the mission here. And it just wouldn't have been the same. Wouldn't have been the same. I would have had similar experiences. I would have had wonderful experiences. But I wouldn't have been Javi Supperd. I wouldn't have broken my elbow. I wouldn't have been able to... Make con Weasel and uh, Rasmussen scream. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have had one of our neighbours in one of our flats in in Livingston uh, when Elder rayfield and I lived together. He tried to set me up with his daughter, who was, I think, was blind. Not that that's an issue. And I'm like, I'm a missionary. I'm not here for days and he, and he, this was a a man that was his grand, it was his granddaughter, and he's like, Will you go on a date with my my granddaughter? I'm like, I can't come and be with dad, you, man. <laughs> you just saw missionaries, and he saw were clean living. They weren't out partying on a Friday and Saturday nights. They were in bed. They were up in the early in the morning. They were. It was it was good fun. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I Loved every minute of it. There was, as I say, there was days when you obviously,
0: you know, been anywhere else by choice, but you, you were grateful for it. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing doing this podcast has helped me to realize even more like I came home from the mission, like really kind of feeling down about the experience that i would had for two years. Uh, and I've carried some of that with me, but just doing this and talking to people and hearing the experiences that we all had in such a place and the, the brotherhood that was formed there. And then those habits that you carry on throughout, it, there's nothing yeah. else that could create that
1: it's it really is i mean it's it's the best two years of your life up until that point you know it it, you meet people that will have a lasting impression i mean how many times have you given talks in church or done something for work and shared an experience that you had with somebody you either taught, somebody you served with, somebody that you met on the street. I mean, we've all done it. We've all had talks. We've all—I've done uh, training at my current job with the team I run. I've done training uh, sessions with them and, and shared experiences as a missionary. And obviously, I haven't said as a missionary I did this, but it's—it's it's experiences that you'll you'll never forget. And um, then it, it really does give you give you a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience for the rest of your life. If you let it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think interesting that you say that, uh, Jack about yours, how you came home with that negative experience. And I, and I think we're conditioned to believe that if we haven't, haven't done certain things or we haven't baptized a certain number of people, if we hadn't done you know, X, Y, and Z, then then it almost was a failure. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of months after we got married, when we'd we'd moved in, I got called onto the the bishopric. So um, the guy who was the bishop, and he was in his late 60s, and, you know, got called and then had dinner at his house. And he said, I will never forget your welcome home you know, your, your homecoming interview with the with the head council. And he said, I knew then that when I was going to be bishop, he knew then that he was being called as bishop. And he said, I knew then that I wanted you, because my wife was actually living in his ward. He said, I knew I wanted you on the bishopric. He said, "And you know, and and he said, some of the experiences that you shared, and he said, that's what I want. That's what I want. I used to have. He said, I want the fun experiences. I want the crazy jobby suppers. I want to hear how... The Lord healed your elbow. I want the youth to hear that. But at the same time, I want to hear, I want them to hear that it is going to be difficult. That there's going to be days when, when you can think of nothing more exhausting than going out again and knocking on doors in the cold and wet. So it's...
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, we think we're going to be like Ammon among the Lamanites, but most of the time it's Aaron, Omner, and Himni that the admission yeah. is actually like. So yeah, mm-hmm. but
1: I, I think a lot of it is you know, I never forget. So in in my greeny area, I think I got into one door the whole three months contracting, one door, and I had Elder Balton fresh off the train. We just put the stuff in the flat, and we'd gone out for a couple of hours tracting. And uh, and I'm like, Elder, how many how many, think we're gonna, how many doors you we gonna you think we're gonna get in this week? And it's like, six or seven. I'm like, oh, Elder, you know you may want to. And then part of me thought, no, no, let him let him believe it. And that night it must have been two hours tracking, Three doors we got into. We got more houses more houses in that first night than the whole three months of Magriniere. Now, was that a missionary thing? Was that you know he was just better than than you know myself and other Bredlow? or was it just because the attitude was different? The area makes a huge difference. You know yourself, Dundee, Dundee, you just press a buzz and they let you in. Chatting with the students, you just <laughs> literally you drink you drink. I remember went on exchanges with Elder Petty, Craig Petty, and then um, our area was more students, and we just rang the buzzer and they would just let us in, and they always thought it was a friend, and they're like. Oh, come in then. <laughs> and we teach people and, you know, they weren't really interested, but it was just different. It was it was a different area and, you know, people were more open in Dundee than they were in Dunfermline. But then I think a lot of it is, is your attitude. He had the attitude that we would get in that many doors. And so who am I to, to, to knock that, you know, the wind out of his sails? So he was, it was good.
2: Yeah. I appreciate what you're saying. Cause like, you know, you do go to, on a mission with an expectation. And I think, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to have Jack as my, my trainer and he was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work. We're going to do the necessary things and opportunities will present themselves. That was kind of like the mantra, but it wasn't like we're going to go and blaze a trail through this neighborhood and we're going to talk to 50 people and we're going to give out how many copies of the book of Mormon or whatever. And it was a little bit harder for me to watch some of my other friends from high school who were, you know, in Mexico or Uruguay or New York or all these different places that it's a different culture. It's a different situation and opportunities are a little bit more plentiful as they're, Oh, I baptized this family this week. Oh, and next week we got these people. And, and I was, you know, it's easy to get discouraged, right? Mm-hmm. But I loved how you said in hindsight, like it was a lot for us and how we really gained that perspective and the perseverance necessary to go through hard things. Mm-hmm. And, and then ultimately put us in a position where we can say, well, yeah, but I also had an impact with, this member you know like tim and dom hudson are two of my favorite people from the mission Mm -hmm. and i like to think that the time that i spent i mean is in their ward for six months you know playing basketball with with them i'm i'm in i'm really close friends with them they they came and stayed in my parents home when i was still in college in, in utah um so that's like the level of of family love that we have and you know, Dom served a mission. He's been married in the temple from what I, the last conversation I had with him, he's doing great things in Australia. Mm -hmm. I think they're in Australia or New Zealand. I can't remember, but nonetheless they are, I feel like I had an impact on his life
0: Yeah,
2: and that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's enough for me and you know i had three of those areas where i had six months in duration which was a little bit of a a unique situation but i look at those three areas as places where i could walk in the door and still feel like i'm a part of the ward because that's how i integrated myself i became one of those people that were there for that period of time and that was good enough for me is to be a good example and to help help people realize that baptizing isn't the only purpose of a mission but it's it's a part of it right
1: but 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 the purpose that's the that's the goal that's the wish you know mm-hmm. but the purpose the purpose is purely to invite others to come to Christ right by helping them to receive the forms of the gospel okay but it's the inviting and, and it's not about selling ourselves short because you know elder Claus and his brother was in South America I think he was And his brother had baptized the village and half of his mission was spent training this village on the church. And you see at a conference that's just gone, how many temples were announced in Mm -hmm. in South America and stuff. And and they're just going to keep growing and growing because there are so many people that want to see, want to join the gospel. And we saw it in Africa as well, in South Africa, We saw in the townships and the villages and the people who have the least, who will join Mm -hmm. and people in, in, in Cape town, missionaries there baptize loads and it's not saying well you don't baptize people if you go to scotland because that's selling yourself short if you go with that mindset then you're never going to baptize people yeah agreed but it's it's if if you're going on your mission with the to want to work work effectively and efficiently and to invite others use every opportunity to invite others and as long as you're doing that the results may be one person but and that one person will be a village or it may be a village. But as long as, as long as we've done that, and I think you see so many young men and young women who go on missionaries and missions now, and, and it's helped. Hopefully we can help them. And that's, you know, that's why we've said missions to help them and to help mm-hmm. our children. I talk to my kids every night at the dinner table saying, don't worry, son, you'll eat a lot worse food than that in a couple of years time. Don't you worry. Or, I remember in, in, in Dunfermline when the first dinner appointment I ever had and the dogs and cats were eating out of the paint the pan that our food was served out of. It was the fa- the, the, the mum and the two sisters, Hewlett. And it was just and you're just like picking out hair from your teeth from dog hair, it's just horrible. Yeah. No. But then then you you're telling the experiences of how you help somebody. You know, when I tell my kids about how, you know, I painted that woman's house and that's not unusual missionary experience and other missionaries, I'm sure you two have both got experiences where you did something similar, but that's what a mission's about. It's about helping others. Um, And for me, it was good. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Can't wait for my wife and I to be companions. Can't wait for those companionship inventories.
0: You don't. You don't have to wait. Pull out the preach my gospel and run to it.
1: There you go. We, we do have family councils and we do have stuff like that. And, but it's
0: it's invariably me getting told what I'm doing wrong yeah. and what I can do better. No, she's fantastic. I absolutely daily. Definitely looking forward to serving a mission with a companion I choose as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And knowingly going to eat well most nights as well.
1: <laughs> that was a very sexist comment. Apologies, sisters. That was a very sexist comment because there's a lot of men that cook very well. Just my <laughs> wife cooks better than I do.
0: So but yeah, oh, That's great. Well, thank you
2: very much for taking the time with us tonight. No it's worries. been great. Yeah, absolutely. One uh one parting thought. Um tell us your memories of the Vrains, because you served most of your time there. Yeah. I, everyone said it before you never forget the hugs in present things.
1: He, he had the ability and I'm sure all mission presidents do the same but he had the ability to make you feel like you were the only person in the room and mm-hmm. do you remember the zone conference when he really laid it down and said you know we kick the sisters out of the room mm-hmm. yeah kick the sisters out of the room I said, right, elders. This is not happening. That's not happening. If you've got struggles with this, come and see me. I've been through, you know, I've been through it, and I'll never forget that. Remembering him say that. Remembering him saying that I am. I've made mistakes before when I passed myself, and it wasn't that you know we're struggling or anything like that, but it was just. I'd never really seen a leader before who'd ever really said that I've struggled as a youth. I struggled as a teenager. I struggled as a missionary. He just said, elders, you know, I don't want to talk to the sisters about this, but elders, this is what we need to do better. And and we got told off. Absolutely, we got told off. You know, the whole mission, And if we were doing something wrong, we got told off. If we weren't doing anything wrong, you still felt like you got told off. But you also got told that you can come to me with anything. And and that's that's for me, present for instance. And Sister Vreen's obviously Miss Piggy. But she would just look at you. And as Elder Fish, um, but he said it, didn't he, where she'd always talk to you with her eyes closed. She would never talk with her eyes open to you. And she'd be <laughs> like,
0: oh, Elder <well>, Loganberg."
1: <laughs> she just, you just... You wished everyone could be like it. You you know what? We all love our mothers, but she was a mother away from home and you knew that she had your back. And you knew that if you couldn't do your washing, that she would tell you how to do your washing. And you knew that you fe- if you felt sick, you could go and get some, some help and you know, some treatments. But a load of respect for the two of them. And and President and Sister Frederick, since they were you know, fantastic missionaries, uh, mission presents as well. I know Elder Lucas served around them a lot more, but we were very fortunate to have two very good mission presents.
0: hmm
1: Agreed. So.
2: Amazing. Yep. Is there anyone else? You've mentioned some great missionaries. Anybody else that you'd like to hear from as we're continuing on this?
1: Yeah, love to hear from more sisters. You know, you've got Sister Hogg, you've got Sister Roberts, uh, Maren, Maren Roberts. hmm I can't remember what Sister Hogg's first name is. You've got obviously Jenny. Uh, no, sorry, um Elizabeth Kenny. hmm um, uh, sister. Who served with what was the one that served with Sister Kenny? The English girl. Um now you're asking. She's now, I think her surname is now
2: Lau L A U. Oh, um, Sister Lewis? Not uh, sister Lewis, Lewis no. Um, um, sister... I know exactly you're speaking about. Oh, you this, yeah, she was dark haired, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: um, I think she was more from like, Huddersfield, Sheffield way, kind of north of England. She she was brilliant. I'd love to hear from them. Um, you had sister.
2: Who was the one from Europe? <laughs> um, you had sister Georgieva. Yeah, she was cool. Eastern Europe, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, Bogomolova. Bogomolova, yep.
1: Yeah, she's brilliant. Because she married Elder Bredegum. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Elder, Elder Muirhead, Connor Muirhead. He was a good guy. Brock Wilkie, Trent Clawson. Jason Canucci. He would be funny. Uh, it'd be nice to hear, it'd love to hear from all of them, you know. I know obviously that's the goal. And who else have we not heard from? Elder Mace, both Chris Maces. You've got the yeah. the one, the blonde-haired one, and then you've got the dark-haired one because they were cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I was in I was in his and Elder Drew's stake. We were in YSA together for a few few months before they went out, and then I. Join
2: the Raptors. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so you've done I'm, a I'm, already,
1: haven't you?
2: Yeah, his uh, his will get um, posted. What's today? Tuesday on uh, Thursday, early morning Present. Thursday. So you'll you'll hear that, and then uh, we'll get yours up. But yeah, we've got we've got quite a, a list of people that we've reached out to. Um, we're. We've got quite a laundry list ahead of us already. <laughs> yeah, sure you have. <laughs> you know, um, and then you know it's not going to slow down. But we're packed with people all the time. To look
1: at, um, do you remember the Hearts? Did you serve around them, Jack? At all, Lavonda and Ralph Hearts. Now he has passed away. She was the one. Uh, she was oh, a, really a cool. senior couple, obviously, and they were they worked in the you know the family history the indexing center in Edinburgh. They taken.
0: They were taking photos of records. Yes, they they yeah. were doing the record. Yeah. Now she
1: she's a absolutely amazing story. I, she's she's got to be nearly going. Um, but she actually grew up in a an anti Mormon family, and so she has got some story to tell. Hmm. Uh, absolutely amazing woman. Absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, we've only had one senior missionary on so far. We'd, we'd like to get more. They're harder to track down because they're not as active on social media, but
2: yes. Or technologically savvy. We can work around well, it though. Yeah, we can work around you
1: it. Or you can't interview somebody that's not above ground, can you? That's right.
2: Yeah, we have, we've found that out on a couple of instances. That's true. Yes. That's a shame, but
1: they were great, but thanks very much. Really, really enjoyed doing this. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Anybody listening who wants to be on, you can still reach out to us. Find us at 51spylaw.com or just email us directly, SEM podcast at 51spylaw.com. Love to have you on. So we love you, Elder Logenberg. Nice. No Thanks. Chase Chen. Love back. you, Logie Bear. Cheers. Love you. See you bye <laughs> right. later. Ta- bye. bye. <laughs> See ya. Night.